0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Tag Talks. In this series, we're talking to leaders of the industry to get insights from industry leaders on different issues and topics of the industry. I think I said industry a few too many times there. (laughs) Today, we have a special guest of Susan Barrett, the CEO of IGD, who has had a wealth of experience in the food industry. And we're also welcomed by Rebecca onto the podcast a fellow MDS graduate who will help me co-host this episode. 1st I'd like to say hello and thank you to my guests for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us on. Good morning.
0: Hello. hello. Um, I thought today's episode, we could start with maybe just introducing ourselves and then we'll introduce the topic of what we're talking about. I don't know who wants to go first. Maybe Becca, do you want to quickly kick us off?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Becca. I'm on the MDS scheme with Matt. Um, I graduated from Manchester University in a degree that's not relevant to the industry, but I've had one and a half years experience now on the scheme, starting at plant nursery in Chichester, then moving on to NIAB in Cambridge, which is a farming research center. And then now I'm at BASF in Stockport um, doing supply chain for crop protection in Ireland. So a lot, jumping around and learning new things, and it's been great.
0: And you're going into your, and this is your last of comments, you'll be going into the real world scene, the big world.
1: <laughs> exactly, the, the big world of finding jobs and updating my CV, but I am looking forward to it.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us, Becca. And Susan, would you like to give us a quick introduction to yourself as well? Yep, sure. Hi, I'm Susan, Susan Barrett. I've um, built my career in the
2: food industry. I actually started as an accountant, child accountant and then i um uh, i joined uh geist as it was then which is now backfall i worked for whipbread uh so in pub uh, in um, the pub industry i worked for a company called Native Way foods which is about food manufacturing uh and lastly, i well currently i'm ceo of of the igd which is actually a charity which sits at the heart of the food industry and i also sit on the board of ag bar uh, which sells uh Uh, which sells uh, soft drinks into the industry. And um, I also was uh, sitting on the board of Higgity, but I've just come off that board. So look, huge experience in the food industry. Uh, Lots of of different roles. I've had a fabulous career. I've loved it. Uh, And I think it's a a great industry to be in.
0: It's a wealth of experience there. I mean, Becca, we've done the IGD course, haven't we, as part of our MDS thing. We managed to do a
1: little bit of that. (laughs) I even saved some of the PDFs that they let you save on consumerism and stuff not to like brown nose, but you know, I really, I thought it was really interesting. Well, the
2: thing about the IGD, of course, is it is a charity. So basically, so all charities have to do everything for the public. So everything's available. So there's loads of stuff on there. So yes, you can do courses, but there's just some really good information. And for those of you who are interested, we have just, um we do a thing called Viewpoint, IGD Viewpoint, which is a quarterly update on economics, which is very relevant today as we fight through inflation. We've just issued our our April viewpoint was all around inflation and, and dealing with inflation, which I think is very relevant to a lot of people. So you might want to just get on that website and download that PDF. Well, we've got a
0: plug in there, so please check it out. <laughs> so I, I don't think I've actually mentioned what we're talking about today, but I think it's a very key core issue. So we're going to begin with at least introducing that. So I think what we'll be talking about today and using all your both your experiences for this is we're going to be talking about women in food and farming. And I think it's an amazing topic. And I think the best way to probably describe this is actually to talk about it, starting with a conversation I had with Susan when we introduced the podcast idea to her. And Susan said something along the lines of me of saying, with inclusion comes diversity. And I think we need to talk about sort of what defines sort of inclusion. I think is a good start to this. So maybe Susan, you said this so maybe we could start with you and just get your input on this then.
2: Well, I think diversity and inclusion has been a subject that has been talked about at great lengths in, uh, you know, not just in our industry, but across the, across the business world. But what some, and for those people who've been involved in this journey for a long time, and those businesses who have, have been battling, uh, battling in this area. They've actually turned it around to talk about inclusion, and diversity, uh, and that's been. Uh, they've arrived at that decision through their own experiences. And if you can create an inclusive organisation where, however you show up, uh, or uh, you know, physically or mentally, or you know, however you show up, is accepted and celebrated, then then that creates an environment in which diversity can actually grow. So I look I think it's really sound and certainly that's what we now talk about from an IGd point of view both internally and externally is that's let's, uh, let's focus on making people feel included so people can be the very best version of themselves uh, and if people feel comfortable and 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 uh, they will be more accepting of other people and, and it naturally drives that diversity so. That's what I meant by that.
0: Does that make sense? makes sense. I think the comfortability factor is definitely very important within that. It's about feeling comfortable in the workplace. Becca, do you have anything to add on to that?
1: My, my university degree was in anthropology. So everything that Susan said resonated. And it was the very first thing we were taught on um, biases and how to move past them and how to be accepting and how to understand different people and what the positives that can bring. Um so from a general aspect, I think that everything Susan said is just all correct and it you you can see it working like in this current com- in this current role that I'm in. Um it's really inclusive, everyone is really supported and it's a stressful job, but the work just flows and the team gets on and it's all because everyone's comfortable and supported and it's all about inclusion.
2: Uh, can I just say one thing, Rebecca? Because you said that at the start that your degree wasn't relevant, anthropology. But I think the great thing, is a slight diversion, but it is relevant. The great thing about the food industry is there are a lot, everything, that, that's why it's such a lovely industry, is that all we do does flow into it. And, and understanding how people operate and that anthropology stuff is actually, I think, can will, 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 help, will help in terms of your career in the industry. I'm convinced about it.
0: I think it's all adding on to the experiences really and I think that acceptance and comfortability I think can help you really get involved with a job and make a job so much more enjoyable. I know you've probably experienced the same when we've started a new secondment and if if a company really makes an effort to make you feel comfortable within your first few weeks, you're so much more likely to have a higher input, a higher efficiency and all that sort of stuff that comes with it.
1: Like you can't go back and change the past and change people's viewpoints or you look at the past and... I'm sure that inclusion wasn't as high as it is now, like we've definitely come a long way, but it's baffling as a new person in the industry to think that it used to be that way where inclusion wasn't fostered because the positive work environment that it, it causes, it's just everyone gets on and gets so much done and it's all just so much better. So it's a very naive thing to say, but I mean, it's a point that you can see how, how brilliant things work when it's put into practice.
2: And I think as an industry, you know, we are, um, we're actually pretty good on this. Uh, you know, we've got a hugely diverse workforce. I mean, most, uh, and at the moment, you know, we're struggling to get people to pick things from the field because most of our, uh, you know, most of our labor has come from, from, from Europe over the last few years. And most of the people working in our factories are European. This is a hugely diverse workforce that we've got, that we've embraced and, uh and of um and encouraged within our industry so i think we've got a good news story to tell and actually we did some work um so the igd did some work with a company called mbs who are a bunch of headhunters and we two years ago we did some uh, research around ethnicity uh, and gender uh, uh and we did do disability as well actually but um it, it it's less robust that data because it's harder sometimes to recognize uh, disability, uh, but they but we looked at what, what in boardrooms. What was the level of ethnicity and what was the level of gender within boardrooms? And then we did exactly the same survey two years later, i.e., back end of twenty twenty one. And they both moved forward quite significantly. And actually, from an ethnicity point of view, in boardrooms, we're at sixteen percent, and the national average is thirteen. So you know, we should celebrate that. We should celebrate that and see that as a real positive
1: with just being specific on gender i can 100% i can see that because i was asked a few weeks ago to do a little video for mds on women in the industry and i was thinking about what to say and i was just i was i was really happy about the fact that i could say in every one of my placements so far in mds i've had a female boss i've been surrounded by i've been surrounded by you know diversity and everything but i haven't i haven't been in a situation where i think where well, i have to think about gender and i have to and i'm aware that there's a big difference and i think that that is just something that's proved by Susan's facts i mean i i think if you look obviously everything every industry can do better and we can always improve but i think at the moment it it's really it's really nice to see and be able to say that.
0: I think, yeah, because I think this is a really interesting point. I think this sort of is a really nice feeder into our sort of next segment on this. I think talking about sort of experiences. And I think one thing we wanted to look at maybe is just sort of like a different generational view on how it is the experience of being a woman in the industry. And I think maybe it would be nice to sort of maybe talk, start with uh, your view, Susan, then maybe move into sort of uh, Rebecca's view off that, maybe. Sure. So as the older generation, I assume
2: that's what
1: you <laughs> only slightly, a little bit, <laughs> only slightly. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. No, look, I've been in the industry. Uh, well, 30 years. So it's a long, it's a long time. Um, so it ha- and it has, well, uh, yeah, I mean, different, different stages in my career, I've had different experiences. So, um, uh, and. Uh, more latterly, it's, there's been a greater balance of, of, of women and men, and we've moved forward. And I think in the organizations that I've, that I've led, uh, you know, it's changed over the period that I've led it, actually. So certainly Nature Way Foods, I was there for 13 years. It was quite a male-dominated organization when I arrived. It was very much 50-50 when I left. And I think that, um, you know, that role modeling bit, is not about me. It's about the fact that I was a woman at the head of the organization, I think does encourage others to um you know that they can succeed and and uh and want to join an organization that has that balance so i think it's important i think you you know leading the way is important but when i started my career it was uh you know there was less you you found yourself in boardrooms that were uh, very male dominated and and i've been there many times so i didn't think it it never really bothered me that much. It was, it was the, it was, that's what was happened at that point in time. And I think rather than make a big thing about it, it was just about proving yourself that you could do the job well and proving that you could uh, do as well as a, a man in any of those roles and then hoping the world would, would move along with you. And I think that's, that's what's happened rather than, Uh, You know, creating a chip on your shoulder or, or, or denigrating the males around you. They're doing a great job as well. It's just, you know, you can do as good a job. And I think that's important that you, again, do it in a positive way as opposed to a kind of
0: negative way. It seems like from the stats you're saying already about the boardrooms with IGD and seems from Rebecca's channel, it seems as if it is moving in that direction quite naturally anyway. I think there's been a lot more resources being put towards looking into this as well and making sure, I guess it's back to the, again, I love this word that I said earlier, but comfortability, it's about making sure everybody's comfortable in the workplace. And I don't know, Rebecca, how do you sort of reflect on this experience as a younger generation in this?
1: I would say that all the, it's it's quite an unconscious thing, maybe from the older generations. I come into a workplace now and again, I'm not necessarily thinking like, I'm a woman, I'm coming into the workplace. But I come in and I, I see women as my line managers and as CFOs and CEOs and probably unconsciously and consciously I'm there like, it just makes it seem more reachable. And I think that that's just a byproduct of um, just people working hard and you know having goals and, and getting there and not letting anything stop them. And then other people, women see that happen and go, well, yeah, that's that I can do that. Um, so I, yeah, it's been, re- it's, it's quite motivating actually. I wasn't expecting anything else when I came in the workplace, but, um, when you see it and you see the diversity and you see different genders and different positions and different people, it, it's, it's motivating.
0: I want to pick up on a point you, said, you sort of met as a word you sort of mentioned about unconsciousness within that. Do you think there is sort of an unconscious, I could open this to both of you really, but do you think there is an unconscious awareness when you sort of work, move into a close about this sort of, is, is there more women or is there men? Is there something that you feel when you like go into play, work?
1: I think as a human, uh, you, you're going to pick up on it. I, it's like human nature to pick up on these kinds of little differences and things. But it's what you do when you notice it. It's whether you let that say, oh well, there's more men, so you know I'm that makes whether it makes you make you feel negative, or whether you take that and go, well, oh, look, they're there. I'm I can do that. I can do as well as them or him or whatever. And you take that and you make it a positive. I
2: would 100% support that. I think that you you know the, the unconscious is 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 the conscience. So you, you you see it and and you can't deny it. Like you say, it's what you. What you do with it, and how you res- how you respond to those differences. There are differences. You you look at differences. We look at each other and we we know that there are differences between between the three of us and um uh, uh, and whoever you whoever you're facing into in whatever environment you're in. You'll notice the differences. It's how you deal with them and how you move that forward in a positive way to try and make it a uh, you know see the uh, driving in the right direction.
1: And I, I do want to caveat it by saying there probably will be instances. I don't know people that people will face where you know you can't really get past and the company still has maybe antiquated feelings and difference um and hopefully not many people experience that and i feel like it is becoming less and less but it's a difficult one And at that point i don't know would you you'd have to think do i really want to work for a company that still thinks this way but um but I think in general, we are moving in the right direction.
0: So you're talking about direction as well. I think this also leads us onto a great segment within this. And I think, you, Rebecca, you've smashed it naturally leading us into these sort of guy groups. But I think we're talking about direction of the future. And I think it'd be really interesting to get both your opinions on sort of where you see the future of the food industry and developing. What direction is it going in terms of women in food and farming? Rebecca, what you want to give yours? And then Susan can go into hers maybe based on yours.
1: All I can see is just... You know, more and more difference, more and more people, more and more women. Um, I, I just, I think the industry is a great industry to be in. There's so much you can get involved in, in the industry. Um, so many different people in it. So many, because food is, is global. Everyone, everyone in the world has to eat. Everyone, there's supply chains everywhere. There's growing everywhere, farming everywhere. So, so it's just, and it's just going to get more and more global and, and i just i think it's only going up i think yeah it you can learn so much
2: i think there's yeah look i think there's some good role models in the industry at the moment i mean you look at the retailers um uh you've got a c a female ceo at co-op you've got female ceo at carlo uh you've got a uh, joint female ceo mns you know these are i've just named the retailers a few but they're they're pretty iconic and i think that's uh that's 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 really good that will only improve i'm sh- uh, you know only increase i'm sure i think the flexibility you know pandemic has increased flexibility and uh, and and the way we work uh, and the uh, and the acceptance of flexible greater flexible working that helps you know that will help encourage uh people more people females uh, into the workplace and uh, and continue to uh, to thrive within the workplace, so I think that's a really positive thing. Uh, and the industry, um, as Rebecca says, you know, it touches all of us. And you can build a career in anything you might be. You want to do marketing? We can do marketing in food. You want to do finance? You can do finance in food. You might want to be a builder or an engineer. You can do it in food. Uh, you, you know, there is a huge breadth and of uh, 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 things that you can get uh, you can get involved in. And I think that in itself helps. To create an an inclusive, diverse workforce, and so, um, uh, and then once you start on that journey, you know it becomes a, a positive, a positive it is like a it's like a ball rolling down a hill, isn't it? it? It will just get faster and faster and faster. So, I, I think we're, in a, we're we're generally in a pretty good place. Uh, there are things we can do. There are certain organisations that maybe not quite so as inclusive and diverse as they should be. Um, uh, but I think a majority. Of organizations recognize the value and are, and in this world where you know, they're fighting for the best talent, uh, they've got to kind of come on board um, because you're not going to get the best talent if you don't. You've got uh, an open process.
0: I think it's interesting that point you made about um, sort of the different jobs as well, because I was chatting with Rural Youth Project uh, a while ago, and they were saying the the big misconception is that the food industry is just food. You can do stuff like graphic design, there's so many, and like other different, it's not just one job, but there's thousands of different types of things you can do within it, so you're not sort of limiting yourself by just going into the food industry. And I think Becky, you've probably seen that in its masses through the amount of different jobs you've been. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that's the point though? Do you think, um, because we do, we need to do more to attract younger people in the sense that let them know more about what the industry is about. And maybe can we do different things to attract certain types of people? Because in my experience, I think we're already doing a good job of the latter, but I don't know.
2: I think we definitely do, and again, so the IGD does do some stuff on that actually, but I think that we could do more. And I think that's a misconception. People don't understand the opportunities that are available, and it's um, you, you, you know most most of these organisations that you work in. There's a there's a huge choice and uh, and optionality, and that's brilliant, doesn't that make it that, that makes life exciting, doesn't it? You guys have
0: got a lovely. <laughs> I think that's because I think that's one thing I've noticed is, um, when I first started MDS, I don't think as many people knew about what the grad scheme was when I first started. And I had to explain it to quite a few people. And the only people who knew of it were people who already had MDS grads on their course. But I found as I've gone through MDS over the last two years, don't know if the marketing's improved or something else or the awareness, but I've noticed that more and more people are like, Oh, I know the MDS scheme. I know about the young people coming in and it's a very highly valued experience that people see within that i think i did have a question for for susan actually because you're mentioning i wondered like you mentioned about organizations doing well organizations do, are still trying to get there in terms of like their inclusion diversity I'm wondering if you've seen any good schemes already like starting to come about or ones that already exist that have really been good at promoting sort of the comfortability and sort of the inclusion diversity in the workplace like different ways to approach it
2: well, I mean, certain organizations have been on this journey for a long time and do a great job. So, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to name certain, I don't want to call people out. I think that'd be a bit unfair. But, um, uh, but in terms of, and then just one, again, just talking about IGD. Sorry to talk about, I keep banging on about IGD, but we are doing, we're doing a, a reverse mentoring scheme, which I think is, is proved. We, we piloted it last year. We're doing it this year. But I think that's a, a hugely positive thing to do, uh, where you, you have a conversation with someone who comes comes at the world in a very different way than you come at the world, and I did it myself actually last year. Uh, I did it with someone who's quite a lot younger um, <laughs> and a different ethnic background, and it was. And I think we both got a huge amount out of it, so uh, we're rolling out that, that out this year, um, and I think that's a, a hugely valuable uh, valuable scheme, and people can do it in you know their own organisations. Um, uh, in, in a positive way
1: i think mentoring in general is so invaluable and then when you pair it with that kind of dynamic i think you can learn so much from that
2: it was really good i think and i think the you know we mentioned generational thing i think generational thing is actually really important you know, you've been in the workplace 30 years uh, i mean even the words you use you know i do use different words than you guys use uh, and uh and i think sometimes Youth can be a little, um, unforgiving <laughs> of the older, of the older generation who, but we've, you know, we've had different experiences and, and we sometimes get it wrong. It doesn't mean to say that our intent is wrong Our intent might be right, but we might get the words wrong. Uh, and you think about your grandparents, they all use different words again. And, and I'm sure you sometimes roll your eyes at what some of the words that they use, but you know, it is they've, they've had, they've been brought up in different times. And I think that's, understanding the
0: generations and the experience of those generations is really, really, really important. I think, um, so I think, I think it's such a nice point. So sort of like, I think I was going to chat to Rebecca. I know Rebecca, you have a couple of questions for Susan. I was wondering if you wanted to maybe like put them in, before, while we're just coming to a close to the episode. I
1: don't know. I wanted to, I wanted to touch on the mentoring and your, you mentioned the IGD scheme. Did you have a mentor when you started your career, Susan? Or was that just not something that... No,
2: no, no. Um, no, I didn't. Uh, and not something that was done at all, really, yeah. actually. So um, I'm just trying to think back. Um, no, not Really. I mean, I had... Uh, I kind of... I mean, was it the the most interesting. One of the most I started as a accountant, as I said earlier, but then I, I did actually go and work for a company, uh, an insurance company, for a, a short spell, and that was quite interesting because I realised I didn't want to work in insurance because insurance is quite a cerebral, um, uh, quite a thoughtful kind of activity, and that was a really useful. Uh, and I hadn't up until then realised that the type of work you do impacts upon the type of culture of the organisation. Uh, and so then I purposely went and sourced a job in the food industry and haven't looked back. So uh, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, men- that wasn't mentor driven. That was just, um, uh, experience driven. So no, I've never really had a mentor. I've, I, I've had people that I've looked up to over the years and, and, and of, who have helped me on my, uh, on my career and people who've given me a chance, you know, and every time I've been given a chance, I've taken it. And those people, I'm very grateful to those people who gave me a chance. Uh, and one of the biggest ones actually just as a, which might be, um, this this is a bit of a story is when I was at a company called Eldridge Pope, which was a, a relatively small, um, small pub company and, uh, it was a public company and the chairman was a guy called Christopher Pope. So family, you know, and he was a bit old school, bless him. Uh, and the board was all men. Uh, and, um, yeah, he gave me, he gave me a chance. He made me CEO and that was a massive thing for him really. Uh, but um, but he took a chance. And so that was, uh, you, you, it would be easy to be quite critical of him because he had it sat over a, a board that he did. He wouldn't let me go shooting, interestingly. He didn't trust me to go shooting, <laughs> but he did trust me to run his business. Um, so that was quite interesting. So, you know, you you,
0: you, you, you grab these, these chances and you, you
2: hope that, People are kind to you on
0: the way. Uh, I think on on that note, I'd just like to maybe, um, I think we're coming to close the episode. So I'd just maybe like to maybe just get some final reflections from both of you and just sort of of what we've talked about today.
1: I think it was so good to have a discussion um, from different career stages, different generations, and understand how different people view the industry. And it's brilliant from your point of view, Susan, as CEO, to see that you can see so many like changes um and it's just really motivating um yeah uh i think it, and it's the only way's up hopefully um when it comes to women and diversity in general and inclusion in the workplace
2: look great and i i uh, it's i think it's great to talk about these things if you don't talk about them you have, have to talk about these things else nothing gets done uh, and so I think it's brilliant that you set up this conversation. Delighted to be part of it. And I am excited that the two of you have decided to, um, start your career and hopefully keep your career in the food industry. I'm sure you both have a great, uh, a great experience. So, um, I've enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. Perfect. Well, thank you both of you for your time in this episode. I really enjoyed this one. So um, I think on this note, I'm going to leave it here. So thank you. Hope you have a good rest of your week. Yeah.
1: Thank you both. <laughs> thank you.